How do we get our employees to be more loyal to our organization, more engaged? Well, what if the simple answer was to invest in their personal development? Today, we're joined by Gretchen Schott. She's a chief learning officer, podcast host. She's served companies such as JP Morgan Chase, Sally May, Exact Target, Salesforce, True You, and currently in her role at Threefold. And she is going to share with us how to create a culture of learning. You ready? Let's go. Gretchen, I appreciate you hopping on with us today. Thank you. I'm excited to be here and have a conversation with you guys today. Welcome aboard, Gretchen. Thanks for joining us. Thank you for asking me. It feels like I can't remember. When did we connect? I was trying to remember back because oh I feel like we, we talked about just, doing this. And we then were just talking about that. <laughs> was it December? It was. It, it was December. right before Christmas. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I remember. Yeah, I was like, this sounds really cool. Can we do it like weeks from now when we're done? <laughs> we were like, Gretchen, you're worth the wait. Of course we oh, can. You're so sweet. You're so sweet. <laughs> and now it's springtime before we know it. Yeah. <laughs> I love it. No, this is great. I love what you guys are doing. I'm excited that there's a, a platform and an audience for what you guys care about. So this is great. And I think that's what keeps us going is we're so passionate about not just what we do on the benefit side, but just people in general and people leaders. And, and that's mm-hmm. what attracted us to your content and your experience. Obviously, you're on the learning and development side for an organization and you deal with that all the time. And when we were preparing for this call, that came up is how do you increase engagement through learning and personal growth? And that's mm-hmm. where we really want to take our conversation today. And I just want you to kick it off with you know, what is that correlation from a high level? And we'll dive into it. But what is that correlation between growing as a person and being engaged in a company and kind of set the stage for us? Well, it's such a great question. <clears throat> and I think that there's a lot of ways that you can look at that. And I've actually done work in both, right? So in my background and in my experience, I've been an executive coach and I've done leadership and development programs to help individuals really become their best self and really understand who they are so that they can recognize like where they are and where they want to be and have a vision and a purpose for their life. Mm -hmm. And then on the other side of that, I've also been designing and architecting those types of things for organizations so that they're attracting those types of employees, they're retaining those types of employees or they're growing, you know, those employees within their organization. And so, um, for me, When I think about combining both of those, it's really about impact, the impact that I want to make as a as a human living in this world and how that impact also is for good purpose and that the work I do is aligned with that. And so that the the organization I work for is either supporting that same purpose that I have or Mm -hmm that organization I work for has such a greater purpose and the, and the things that I care about as an individual that I feel like will make an impact in the world can also be a channel and a funnel as part of that. Like I might be a small, you know, piece of that success puzzle for that organization. Mm -hmm. And so I, I believe all of that is based in personal growth. 
So what do you think? That's a great point. And it's, it's interesting because you mentioned, and actually before we hopped on, I was mentioning kind of my own personal experience and how I've, mm-hmm. I feel like I finally found the place that I can be myself, be authentic, but also grow. And they're invested in my growth and thinking past experiences. It's been kind of difficult. Not everyone, not everyone does that. It's like, you're here to do a job, just do it. KPIs and all the stuff you mm-hmm. got to do, but I'm also a human being too. Yeah. And when I quantify your, quantify your personal growth and how are we going to measure that and how's it going to benefit our company? Right. Absolutely. And I've also noticed, you know, not just from a professional standpoint, but I go home, I have two young kids. I have a wife. Like, I'm happier when I go home to see them and I can yeah. treat them better. And then it, both worlds get to work together. And it's amazing. And when life is not working at work, you are totally bringing that home to your family and your kids. 100%. Oh, yeah. And if stuff at home is not working, you know, your kids having problems at school, they're not sleeping or you're worried about, you know, I'm not spending time with my spouse or my partner and, you know, I'm feeling distant from them. That comes into work, too. Like, I just I I can't understand businesses that refuse to acknowledge the humanity of of their workers. Like you have to put your people first. Right. If you're not putting your people first, then. It, you're an organization that I believe won't be able to grow, right? You'll grow to a certain point and then you can automate and have technology and create a whole bunch of robots and talk about AI like we were talking about before we started, yeah. right? You get a whole bunch of bots and yeah. doing a whole bunch of stuff, but that to me isn't very fulfilling and doesn't really give back into this world, in my opinion. Yeah, and whether it's AI or anything else, like at the end of the day, we're still human. We're people we, we <laughs> and we keep talking about people first, and I love that phrase, but I also want people to understand it's not a buzzword. Yeah. Right. We're, we're not saying people first to just to attract people. And then we live out something different. We have to live it. Mm-hmm. And so I was thinking about that the other day, actually. So I'm glad you, you mentioned that. Yeah. We were, um, we were talking also like before we got started about, um, I've recently had to like learn a whole new operating system for my computer. Mm-hmm. I do love technology. I love technology when it supports us being good humans, most importantly. Um, and I was sharing with you, like I've struggled, right? Like it's, I feel, I mean, from the, like the, my business mind quantitatively, like the amount of lost productivity I've had in the last month, trying to learn how to use this is crazy. But what I shared with you was that, you know, it's been really uncomfortable for me, but I have said this for years that I know that when I am uncomfortable, I'm growing. Right. And so yeah. The way that I look at that now is like by the end of this year, I'm going to be able to say like, this was a growth moment for me. I, I can, you know, I, I know how to use more technology in more effective ways. Right. So that is allowing me to reconcile some of that. Oh, I've lost so much pro- productivity, but in the long run, it's actually gonna be better for me and for my business. Um, and so when I think about that, and I think about personal growth, mm-hmm. you know, kind of back to your question, I think when we look at how do we mirror, you know, learning and development and organizations, I like to look at it like in a two by two, a a dear friend of mine, uh, Charlie Meyer, uh, who I work with at Threefold, um, heard this from Andy Crouch, who is a great author and thought leader. Mm -hmm. Um, I love Andy's work. He wrote a book called Strong and Weak, transformational for me in in how I approach business. And he says, uh, you can solve everything with a good two by two. 
right? So think about it two by two. And at the top of that, you've got employee loyalty. And on the side, you have employee satisfaction, right? And I believe if we, if we look at that, you've got employee loyalty, employee satisfaction. As an organization, we think about our employees. I look at these four quadrants, right? And the bottom left quadrant would be like unaffiliated employees or learning, like those employees who just joined your organization, right? They mm-hmm. aren't necessarily satisfied because they don't know what that looks like yet. Sure. And they're not necessarily loyal. They're just excited to be there. They got a job, right? So they're learning about your organization. And then as they get more motivated, either by what you're talking about as a company, what your values are as a company, the programs, the excitement about the job, they kind of move up into that top left, right? And in that top left, if employees stay up there where they're highly loyal, but not really satisfied, it really focuses on this concept of like obedience or allegiance, right? So you have employees Mm -hmm. that go from learning into like obedient or allegiant. Mm -hmm. They, They love the company. They would die for the company. They've been there for so long. This is the way we've always done it, right? And you kind of get this mindset, but they're not really satisfied. And if they're not satisfied, then those same individuals, we have risk because they get those golden handcuffs, They can sometimes be those high influencers that create toxic culture, right? So then if we think about that same two by two and you move down to the bottom right, where people are highly satisfied, but not really loyal, right? So they move from learning into what I would say is more opportunistic, right? Mm. So I have a higher emphasis maybe on the length of stay with the organization, but I might be getting overpaid for what I do. Or I look at what I'm making and I'm looking at opportunities outside my organization, right? I'm satisfied with what I'm doing here, but if I could do this and make a little bit more money, I could be more loyal over there, right? So they go from learning to being opportunistic. And I think when we are creating environments in our companies, a climate to grow, climate to grow personally and professionally, right? We move up into that top right box, which is where we want to be. And that is highly engaged, right? So I'm highly loyal and I'm highly satisfied. We've got employees up there that are engaged. And I believe the only way we get them to engagement is through personal growth. So they have to go from learning where they're not very satisfied, they're not very loyal, to highly loyal and highly satisfied. And the way that we do that is we don't try and control their career paths, but we create climates that allow them to navigate that and have ideas about that with their own sense of humility kind of growing and learning through that. What do they know? What do they don't know? And then becoming remotivated, they build confidence with us as an organization. They build confidence with themselves to move, to move over, to be engaged. So what do you think about that? That's like all just kind of my, my big brain stuff, throwing that out. And I have to say, I base this whole model off of something that Andy Crouch taught me uh, when, when we had some time with him at threefold, but I'm curious, what do you think? Cause I haven't shared that with many people. Jason, you're on mute. Oh, I knew I was talking. I was like, is he talking about my stuff or is he talking to somebody else? No, no. <laughs> <laughs> my, my mouth is moving, but no words were coming out. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I was going to say, the more you went through that, the more I really went back and I can see myself being in each one of those quadrants 
yeah. everywhere that I've been. Like I was kind of like, that makes complete sense because I remember being in every one of those spaces mm-hmm. throughout my career without even realizing it. Right. So that makes yeah. complete sense. It really does. Thomas, what yeah, about you? It's, it's interesting. Like the, you know, doing a show, you know, you have a show, quick plug for you and we'll put some information on that in the outro, Thank but you. you get to hear similarities between different topics. And so we did one on mentoring programs and employer branding and then personal growth here today. And there's always been a, like, you have to see a path forward working for mm-hmm. an organization. And you mentioned it a little bit, like being able to see that career path, but this is different. It correlates with it though, too. Like they, your people need to see the progression in their career, but personal growth allows them in professional growth allows them to achieve it. I think makes yeah. it more achievable for them. Well, and, and I think, you know, from an, so with what I'm, what I'm laying out here, right. <clears throat> from an individual, like I need to be growth minded. Like I need to be willing to learn, learn about the company, right. So from like a professional development standpoint, what do I know about this company? What do I know about this industry? Um, what do I know about this job that I have? Like, how can I be better at my job? Because there's a whole pathway that you can have a whole conversation around leadership pathways and career progression. And I think too often what has happened in businesses is that we have tried to get super prescriptive and tried to say, like, you do this, you do this, you do this, because our employees are asking for that. They want direction. They want a path. They want a prescription, mm-hmm. which, I, which I think is valuable and, and needed. And I'm a girl that loves structure. So that makes sense to me. But then that gets over-engineered. And in that in that desire to create something so prescriptive, we lose the piece about the employee having a point of view of their own development. And we lose that personal development piece. So there are elements that need to be there from a professional standpoint. Like you need to do this job and you need to demonstrate these competencies and you need to do it this many times. And we need to see the results of that. And then we know you're ready. Like those things make sense. But from like a personal okay. standpoint, I also have to be willing to learn. And as I get more motivated to grow and more motivated to learn more about my industry, my company, my job, right? I gain more confidence, but it's when we become overconfident and we lack that humility of like, wow, like there are still things that I can learn here. Wow. There are still things I didn't know. Wow. There are different ways in which I could be approaching this. It's, it's like this balance between motivation, confidence, and humility that have to occur for the individual to be on this personal growth journey. And those things have to be in alignment with what the organization is also trying to do. If the organization is going to punish people for being vulnerable and for taking risks, you will not get anyone that'll be humble or confident ever, right? Mm-hmm. They'll be highly motivated to not get in trouble, mm-hmm. right? And I think yeah. we've all worked for places like that, right? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yes. And I'm glad it's you so mentioned weird. that. Go ahead, Jason. No, I'm just going to say, as far as from uh, a leadership standpoint, Gretchen, uh, what, like, what would you say, like, an organization that's growing, revenues growing, doing well on the profit side, but they're not quite sure how to create that growth mindset or um, that leadership development mindset within their employees? Like, like, what would you think, or what would you say that that where should they start first? Where should be a good first step to start creating that that type of culture or environment? The first thing I would say is. Um, great that you're thinking about it, but then are you doing the work yourself? Too often, I think mm-hmm. um, executives or leaders go and hear conversations, participate in something like, yeah, yeah, we want that. <clears throat> we want that for our employees. 
And if they're not doing that work, it is so unreasonable to expect that your employee will suddenly want to get on board with you if you also are not on a growth path yourself. If you're an executive that doesn't work with a coach, doesn't read outside of your industry or read on a regular basis or listen to podcasts or feed your own desire of interests of learning, then you can't expect that. And you can't create a culture of learning or a culture of coaching within your organization if you aren't willing to do that yourself. So that's the first thing I would say. And make sure that everyone on your executive team is in alignment with that and that they know what that means for them. There are some people that are like, yeah, I'm growing, but I don't really feel a lot of need to talk about it. You know, it's not for me, it's for my people, which is also can be really noble. And it's probably an individual that's over leaning into their humility, right? And sharing your own growth and sharing your own vulnerability through that is what attracts people to you. You know, people are not attracted to stories of success. That's what inspires us. Stories of success inspire us. Stories of struggle and failure is what motivates us because we can relate to it. We can go like, oh yeah, man, I would have done that same thing. I'm not going to do that again. Versus I'll never be as great as that person. Like that, that could never be me, right? Both are good. Both are valuable. Both are needed. But if you truly want to create that experience within your company, look at yourself and make sure that you are modeling that for your people. And then if you're modeling it, the second thing I would say is, are you providing the space for your employees to do that work? Because too often I have people that have invited me to come into their organization and like fix it, like come in and like do a program. Training is not a silver bullet, right? You cannot fix everything. Training is not the junk drawer where you go get to put everything you don't know what to do. You just, just train them. We'll just teach them how to do it and it'll be so much better. Right. We'll just train. We'll just train our middle managers because that's where the buck stops. Right. And the middle manager's Mm -hmm. like, Oh my gosh, everything's overflowing. Everything's urgent and important. I hate everything. Right. We've got to stop doing that. But if we go into this with a, an, an, a point of view about what the outcome should look like for our employees and we're giving them the time to do it during the workday, not always outside of work. Um, that, I think moves the needle a lot more. And that, and that's a mindset shift. Not everyone can get there. And there's lots of obstacles and barriers people want to put in front of that. You know, it's, you know, we're not paying from that. Do we have to pay them overtime? And if it matters to you, you know, we, we measure what matters, right? We report on what matters. And if developing mm-hmm. your people matters, then you will find the time and the space to make that work within your organization. That's awesome. That's awesome. I love that you mentioned being vulnerable first. Like, <clears throat> Again, from personal experience, like I've been in organizations where I'm afraid to even open my mouth mm-hmm. because this person's perfect and everything I do is horrible. So now I'm just terrified of yeah. doing anything. And yeah. when you let the guard down and see that there's a human side to the person that's leading me, I can appreciate them in a different way. Mm-hmm. And you're almost motivated to be a part of that and work with them. And so, again, I, I, I get on that topic quite a bit just because I can relate to that. Uh, but yeah. I'm, I'm glad you said that. And I think we can all see the impact of having the, the loyal and satisfied employees. Yes, that's awesome. But we've also seen the harsh reality of what it looks like when they're not, you know, mm-hmm. over the past several years. They're not loyal. They're not satisfied. See ya. Like, yeah. so what do we what do we do about it? You know what I mean? Uh, there's got to be a way we can turn the ship around. It'll be interesting as we, you know, still come out of 
post-pandemic thinking and talking about business, you know, years from now, how people that were highly loyal, right? And maybe not necessarily satisfied, those that were focused mm-hmm. on personal growth, if that had any impact in, in them staying, or if it was mm-hmm. that there was no, I was really satisfied with the job and the company and then the world changed. And I realized that the reason why I was there wasn't because I was really loyal and bought in. I just, I was, you know, I had a a great paycheck. And so what made me change was I personally changed and my desire to grow myself outgrew the company that I was with. So I had to go find something else, you know? That's a great point. And you lose those A-level employees that way. Like you don't have that, like you guys have been saying, that plan in place. People always talk about recruiting and retaining top talent. Well, top talent, they want to know what their career looks like. What's that end goal looks like? How do I get there? Mm-hmm. Right? What's the path I have laid out for them? It's not there. You're losing those top talent employees to someone else who has that path laid out for them. Right. And some of those top talent employees, it's, you know, I don't want to leave but I kind of have an interest, like I might want to start a side hustle, right? And I just want to try it out, but I don't want to leave what I've got here because I love what I'm doing here. In fact, the the job I have here gives me the money or gives me the the security and the safety to go test the waters over here and allowing and, and having good boundaries around what that looks like so that you're not, you know, then working that person out of your organization. Maybe that happens, right? But having those kind of real conversations with an individual that that's going to fulfill their personal growth to go try and be an entrepreneur in that space or to go try and start a nonprofit or try and start a service project or something like that, that's going to fulfill them and something now that they get to talk about when they're representing your company in front of your clients, they are much more interesting and articulate and human person that others can relate to like that's the bit sometimes with with these stories you know where's my growth path where's my growth path like what do you want that's the other thing what do you want you as an employee have to have a point of view it is not the responsibility of your organization or your executive team or your managers to tell you what your path is it's their responsibility to give you resources and to provide a direction but it is your responsibility as the individual to have a point of view as to what that path's going to look like for you. And if there are things that are not on that path that are important for you, it is your responsibility to tell your employer, these are things that I want to incorporate into that. If the organization can support it, awesome. If they can't, then you need to have a conversation about how you can still get fulfilled in that way and still be happy, loyal, and satisfied here. And you were talking a little bit about how things can change. Like you might have an interest that pops up or just things just, they change. That, that, that's fine. But as a leader, we have to understand that and make sure our people feel comfortable coming to us and talking mm-hmm. about what their goals are and their, their dreams. I learned that the hard way. I was fortunate enough to get promoted pretty quick with a company in the past. And I was leading a small team. And I was talking to our VP. He's like, so what is you know employee X? I'll call him employee X. What are, what are his goals over the next couple of years? And I told him and mm-hmm. he goes, well, that's funny. Cause I just talked to him and that's not anything close <laughs> to what mm-hmm. he mentioned to me. And I was like, Oh no, I had no idea of what he wanted. Yeah. How am I going to lead him if, if I don't know? So in order to push our people into that satisfied loyal category, we have to understand where they're at. And yeah, I mean, 
Yeah, same thing for me. Like I would, I, I remember being in some situations where I felt like I can go to leadership and tell them anything personal about my life going outside of work. Mm-hmm. I could tell them how I felt about what was going in inside the uh, office and what I think could work better or different. And I've been in some places where I was scared to even say hi to leadership. Like it's yeah. been that extreme different situations. Mm-hmm. And it just makes a world of difference how you feel, how you go about your day, how you said, uh, Gretchen, how you talk to clients about your company, your organization. Like all that just trickles down into every little aspect of it, I think. And I can just, the more, when you brought that up, I thought about my past thinking, that's right. Cause I can remember being in those situations like, yeah. Either I'm really scared to speak up and say something to speak my mind, or I felt the freedom to say, hey, no, this is how I think it should be, or this is what I like or don't like. Yeah. Yeah. Something else that is kind of triggering some thinking for me that I I talk about a lot with my my work at Threefold and and with the business partners and the, the businesses that I work with there is this definition of leadership. And I, this is not my thinking. This was, um, from a paper that I wrote, I read, um, by Joseph Rost. Um, he wrote a book, 21st century leaders. It's a, it's an older book, but he wrote a, a, a research paper. And in that paper, he talked about the, the word leadership. And, and I believe this cause I have said for years that everyone can be a leader, right? And too often in business, we forget when we talk about leadership, leadership often means management, right? So people talk about leaders, mm-hmm. the leaders in your organization, often what they're talking about is management. And there's a difference. And the difference is that leadership is an influence relationship and management is an authority relationship. And you need to have both. But when I'm talking about growth and development in the organizations that I work with, I call out all the time, leadership does not equal management, right? And so when we're talking about growth, we're talking about, are you looking to lead and manage other people or manage other people who are managing other people, leading leaders who are leading? Or are you interested in being a leader and becoming a specialist and an industry expert, right? You need leadership in both types of situations, but management is about an authority relationship. There is a give and a take. There are rules. There is structure. There is optimization. There is um, rigor and accountability that goes with all of that. Definitely needed. You need to have organizations that have management in place. But the reality is everyone can be a leader. You can be an individual contributor in your organization, have a high level of influence and be a leader there without ever having to manage other people. Mm-hmm. Right. Getting bought into what the company and it gets into that loyalty. Right. And it gets into being satisfied and being loyal because they are engaged as an individual contributor and they are a leader in your organization. Right. So you're hitting the nail on the head. I mean, I'm looking again back to you know my past where we had um, a sales director and we had a team of us on the sales team mm-hmm. and our sales team would go to one of our more seasoned uh, reps more than we would our sales director. Right. And it yeah. was only because he showed that leadership quality, that want to, the experience, the expertise to want to teach us and mold us to help us grow mm-hmm. to where our actual leader didn't have those attributes and characteristics that made us want to come to him for that advice or leadership. 
Right. So like you said, it just, sometimes it just happens that way and it it makes sense. It really does. And and you probably, you needed that sales manager to create structure, discipline and rigor and accountability to make sure things got done. It wasn't like the wild, wild west where everybody gets to go make up their own deals. Right. We got to close business. We got to, we got to account for it. We got to track it. We got to keep contact. Right. Super valuable, super important. Mm -hmm. And I've seen so many organizations do that where they take their highest performing best salesperson and promote them to be a manager. And they go from being the best salesperson on Friday to the worst manager ever on Monday because they're just trying to teach people to do it the way that they did it. Right. They don't know if you ask, I don't know why. Right. There's a need for both. Right. And, and we need to capitalize on that, on that definition of everyone can be a leader and leadership is about influence. It is the influence relationship that you have within your organization and with your community, with the people that you're surrounding yourself with and how you can grow in that. So I could talk about this all day. I'm probably boring you to death now. No, no, (laughs) not at all. this is what our listeners need, but they need to hear this because there's so dis- misconceptions and things about, like you mentioned, leadership and growth and talent, having a path forward and all that, that we hear. We talk to leaders um, in the HR field, Gretchen, that this type of stuff, point behind the curtain, understanding what's new and what uh, this new generation of employees is expecting and looking for. This is what needs to be heard. It really does. So this is good stuff. Thank you. I feel like we could sit here for another couple hours if you have the time. Well, I, mean, I can't believe it's already yeah. past our time already. about the impact we're making in the world. I love it. And it's just, and I know, again, I know it's easy to see and understand why we need to push people into that, that quadrant where they're satisfied and they're loyal. But what do we do? Right. So if you could, if I'm an HR leader, I want to improve some of the things that I have going on. We need to focus on personal growth. Give us like one or two things that are actionable that we can, we can do tomorrow. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, so I'll, I'll approach that in a couple different ways. One is I, I like to get data because I think data helps us mm-hmm. from an objective standpoint. And so if you're already doing employee serve, if you're not doing employee surveys, if you're not measuring your employees satisfaction with your organization, do that. If you are doing that, look at what you're asking and are you only asking if they're satisfied or are you also asking if they're loyal? And if you're, or are you only asking if they're loyal and not really asking if they're satisfied? So look at, so look at that survey and see how you're going to gather that kind of information. Um, One, you know, that's quantitative data. And then two, I would say, um, have dialogue in your, in your organizations around these ideas. And, you know, when I have, when I talk to some of my business partners about this model that I shared with you guys, I, I would ask them, I said, how do you know your employees are loyal and satisfied? And they would always go, well, we, you know, we do our NPS survey. And I was like, uh-huh. <laughs> and what does that tell you? And they're like, yeah, I don't, I don't really, I don't know. Okay. <laughs> so um, yep. creating space for, for dialogue. You can get a lot from a survey. People can interpret surveys a lot of different ways too. You know, are they, what are they really doing with that information? All that kind of stuff. So um, you know, skip level meetings might be a, a, pr- a productive way to do that. So if you are an executive or a, a manager type of person, uh, maybe meeting with the people that report to the people that report to you. Um, as an executive, maybe meeting with your middle level managers and asking them questions around what does highly loyal and highly satisfied look like for you as a middle manager? Because we, yeah. we 
forget so often that they get that they get sandwiched in the middle of listening to all the complaints from the employees and all of the demands from the executives and it's left to them to kind of decipher and figure that out when a lot of times they don't even have a point of view on that because they're trying to understand it. Right. Mm -hmm. And so, um, and then I, I would say, um, have specific plans in place as to how you are investing in those different pathways of leaders, whether it be your, your individual contributors or your, you know, your middle level managers or your executive management, know what a a growth journey would look like for them in your organization one, two, three, five years from now. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And if you don't have a plan for that, ask your employees what that might look like, what would be motivating for them, what would build their confidence, right? Um, how could they become more excited? Start there mm-hmm. and then, you know, make investments. I'm always going to say, make investments in your learning and development professionals and in your HR people. Um, and there's lots of ways to do that conferences, um, community events, I think, um, get bullish with that. You have to have a point of view about your career and you also have to, um, give back. So if I'm sending you to a conference, it's my expectation. You're going to come back and you're going to teach us something that you took away from that. Like, how is that benefiting Mm -hmm. you or how is that benefiting our business Mm -hmm. and provide the space, whether it be a lunch and learn or at a company meeting or in a company newsletter that that employee has accountability to express what they got out of it. And it's okay. If it was like, you know what? It was crap. Like they executed it really badly and I didn't get anything out of it. That's okay to say, because now, you know what, you're not going to keep sending people that same conference every year. You're not going to make the same mistake over and over. Right. So providing a space where folks can share what they are getting from that, I think also would be a couple of things. Is that specific enough? I don't know. Did I give enough tips? I feel like I went off on a tangent there. More is always better. (laughs) You've given us a lot to think about. And we, again, we appreciate it. We appreciate even, you know, hopping on here with us. It's been an honor to get to know you. Uh, we can't thank you enough. Thank you. Well, and you guys had talked about my show. If you like talking about this kind of stuff, I'd invite you guys to check out uh, yes. my show made for impact. I'm, I talked yes. to leaders about the impact that they hope to make and the impact that they are making in the world. And, um, it's just more stories of motivation for, for those to make an impact in the world. So I'd love to have and you, you guys And you out. mentioned Andy, who you had yes. on your show. Yes. So go, if nothing else, one out. listen to Andy's episode because he's so brilliant. He's so smart. I, that's the one, man. Like I was, when our time, I was like, could we just talk for like two more hours? It was like the, per, I think he's such a generous, kind human. I just can't say enough wonderful things about him. Yeah. Gretchen, same goes for you. We can't say nothing. Thank you so much. You are wonderful. You are great. And we love what you represent, what you stand for, and what you're putting out into the space. So we just thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks, guys, for having me. I appreciate it. Oh, my goodness. We enjoyed that. Gretchen, thank you so much for your time and chatting with us for a little bit. I think the big takeaway was it's not just about upskilling your people to be better at what they do for work but it's about giving them the opportunity to invest in themselves and become better people. Make sure you connect with Gretchen on LinkedIn, follow her content and check out her show made for impact. We will see you next week.